Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Well, good morning. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing well. I keep thinking, trying to psych myself out that I have Omicron. I've been exposed, so have all of us, like every day probably. And so I'm laying in bed last night and I just kept waiting, you know, for something bad the last three days because I can't find a test anywhere, you know. I'd probably flunk it anyway. But I was laying in bed and I'm like, I got a little bit labored in breathing. And then I thought, could it be that big green chili cheeseburger and those onion rings that you had? find out in the morning. (laughs) We're currently in a series titled Greater. It's because we believe that God is greater than everything. But we don't always live like that, do we? We don't always just depend upon Him, trust in Him. In fact, we have to continually remind ourselves and retrain ourselves about God's greatness, don't we? It just doesn't come that naturally. Well, today we're going to look at God's way is greater. Uh, our general verse for this whole series is 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. God has to be, or is he, greater than than your feelings. Is God greater than the feelings that you harbor on a daily basis? Is God greater than your own personal convictions? Is God greater than your politics? Now you say, Dave, we talk a lot about politics. You know why? Because we're obsessed. I pretend that I'm not on Sunday. I walk around up here, you know, you people shouldn't be, and then I'm on the radio on the way home. I can't believe that guy said that. (laughs) Can't wait till the midterms. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a liar. Okay, fine. But I, I understand, and so this series really speaks to me because I know that when God speaks and his power and authority, I know that that's right. But what about your own anger and your wrath? You know, you get angry. Does vengeance really belong to God when it comes to you? Listen, if we only believe that God is on my side, this is what's going to happen. We'll be tempted to think that he's backing what we are doing, carte blanche. That he's, hey, God's with me, I'm with him, and so whatever I'm doing, he's backing it 100%. Not 50%, but 100%. But the problem is, if he fully backed, okay, the way that we think and the way that we're doing things, he would be weaker, not greater. If God backed everything that you and I think of and what we want to do, he would be weaker than, not greater than. 
He would be supporting something that doesn't work very well. He would be supporting something that fails. Instead, he says, come listen to me, come learn of me, and I'm going to help you do greater. Because I am greater, you can do greater. That's the equation with him. And that's always been from the beginning. Here's the key. The key is God's ways are always greater than our own. God's ways are greater than any of our own impulses or reactions, period. If we believe that his ways are greater and follow them, we will do greater in everything that we do. Let me read that again. If we believe his ways are greater and follow them, we will do greater in everything we do. Why? Because God is greater, we can do greater. Let's say that together. Because God is greater, we can do greater. All right. Awesome. All right. Evil evil never, not evil can evil. I see someone in the back dressed like, don't look back there. But (laughs) Evil never conquers evil. It never does. Anger never conquers anger. Wickedness never overcomes wickedness. It just adds to the fire. It just makes things worse. If someone comes up to you and slaps you in the face, if you respond by punching them in the face or in the nose, you might break their nose, which would be greater, but not better. But what happens? The evil continues. The anger continues. It discontinues on. It only stops when someone absorbs it and takes it, and it stops with them, period. And that's God's way, and that's what we're going to see this morning. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 17, if you'd like to read with me. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. If it's possible, live at peace with everyone. I was out fishing this week uh, in Albuquerque. I've lived here a long time and I didn't know that you could fish for trout in town in the winter. Um, It doesn't sound very glamorous, but I spent a wonderful Friday afternoon down in the drainage ditch near the Rio Grande. (laughs) They stock it from November to April. And after about two hours of hunting for fish, I finally found some little stalkers and there was some good business that was exchanged there. But afterwards, uh, I, I was in this part of town, I was thinking of friends I could hang out with, and uh, I called a buddy of mine, so we, went to hang, we hung out and uh, hung out at this little park, and we were talking, and he was telling me, he said, man, I've tried to be a witness in my job, and I try to be fair, and I try to represent the Lord as much as I can. And he said, he said but you know, a few weeks ago, something happened, and I just blew up. He said, it was terrible. It was in front of a lot of my coworkers, and it was a bunch of flim, flam, ping, pong, you know, just everything that it doesn't sound like anything 
that you hear inside the church. I'm not talking about outside the church, but just anything. It, it, he was, just went off. And so one of his friends came up to him and said, hey, man, look. He pulled him aside. He said, look, you know that I'm not a believer. But dude, to so many of us here, you make us want to believe in God. I don't know if you know that. Because you do things different than other people do. You respond differently. You may not even know this, but we're all watching you and hope that sometime we can believe in God and be like that. And he said, don't throw that away, man, because all of us are depending on you. And I thought, that is so awesome. I'm, I'm glad he said something bad because you get a moment of clarity. That the way that you behave, the way that you respond around other people actually makes a difference. It is actually very important. And because of that, that's why God says, look, my way is greater. Your natural instincts, your impulses, your reactions, your rights, whatever it may be, can be put out there. But there's nothing like the character that I can build in you of someone who is living otherworldly in favor and listening to God himself. This is what Jesus said about this. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. He says, I've heard you, you've heard it said that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat to them as well. If anyone forces you to go a mile, then go two miles with them. Because the point is, is that evil doesn't stop evil. Well, you slap me in the face, I'll slap you back. Okay, good. You can slap each other until you knock yourself out, until somebody else steps in, and then they get involved. That's what all bar scenes in old Western movies were about. You ever notice that? One guy punches one guy, and pretty soon people are just punching everybody in the face for no reason. Nobody even knows who started the fight. That's the way it goes. But he says, Look, if somebody wants to sue you, fine. If somebody does something evil to you, absorb it. And you say, wait, that's not fair. Well, look, it may not be fair in your economy. It may not be fair as it's concerned to you. But in God's economy, he says, this is how it stops. And, and we may be thinking that, you know, I, I can't do much for evil in the world. I can't stop many things. I'm, I'm a very small voice. I can barely just give one vote and whatever. You can demean yourself all day. But the active mission in the world, the active uh, uh, mission against evil, against anger, against hatred in this world that is truly powerful is found in individuals and collectively as a group of people who start listening to God and say, don't go that way. Let it end with you. Well, it's not fair. God says it doesn't matter that it's fair. What matters is your motivation. Because if you spend your whole life trying to make everything fair and make sure that everyone says to you what you should, that you, you know, that they need to be respectful and they need to say what is right and they can't ever contradict you and it always must be fair, you're going to drive yourself nuts and you're going to drive everybody around you nuts. Okay? That's the, that's the fact. And Jesus is the prime example of all of that. Anger doesn't stop anger, does it? Evil 
<laughs> listen, is base. Evil is easy and weak and very destructive. It's base. It's simple. It's weak. It's very destructive. It doesn't take much brain power or will. Patience and humility, on the other hand, are powerful and very productive. Some of the greatest things that have ever been built in this world come from patience and time and personal fortitude. Humility is always welcome. Not taking yourself so seriously. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 18 again. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in everyone, in the eyes of everyone. If possible, and this may seem impossible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. Now, how is that possible? Peace with everyone? Have you met my coworkers? But that's as it depends on you personally. There's a recognition here that you can't control other people's lives, nor should you. It doesn't work. You, you can't do it. It's a waste of time. But he says, as far as it concerns you, and in context of my relationship with you, live at peace with everyone. We like to call Jesus the Prince of Peace. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. What does that mean? Well, when he comes back, but until then, it's just going to be a rat race. Jesus, come back. It's a mess. We need some peace. Yeah, but he says, um, it can start with you. It should be a part of you. It should be a signature of my people. Because that's what I want. Period. Listen. Because this is why. This is why we can have peace. Because we've put away, at least in our consciousness, the idea of hating others. And we have embraced God's love. That's what coming to Jesus is all about. It's no longer you have to be enemies with people or hate people. You don't have to protect yourself. You embrace God's love that he doesn't hate you but loves you and loves those around you. We're not in the business of hating about anybody anymore. And if we hate anything, it's the destructive side of humanity that wreaks havoc on everyone, everywhere, in every place it manifests itself. We can hate that. We can look at something and go, that is so destructive. And I want to help you get out of that. And this, I see it in my own self. We recognize that there's a destructive part of our nature that has to be put down, to be placed under the power of Jesus, to be obedient from our heart in order to put this away and help put it away in somebody else. That's how you and I, just on day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis, can do greater things. What if you set out today? Someone asks you, what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to overcome evil probably about 10 or 15 times. That's my day. Isn't that an awesome day? I'm going to work. 
I'm going to have lunch. What are you going to have? Tuna fish. Oh. No, I'm going to overcome some evil. I'm going to do some stuff. I'm going to extinguish some anger. I'm going to love people that are in a pickle. And I'm going to ask for grace in the process myself. Okay? Listen, sometimes our mission is simply to just absorb evil absorb hatred, wrath, and then give it to God. You say, well, Dave, that doesn't sound healthy. Well, I'm not a counselor. How do I know? I'm not a psychologist. But it seems to me to be the way that all the heroes and heroines of the faith lived. Peter was crucified on a cross upside down, stoned to death, murdered, hated, persecuted. Jesus himself went on the cross, and what did he do on the cross? Huh? What did he do? He gave, forgave them on the cross. Like, Jesus, just give them one lightning bolt. That guy over on the side who has a really bad attitude, he absorbed it. The early church absorbed it, and the world flipped because whatever they believed in caused them to behave differently than other people. You see, there is great power in that. Because if you can learn to absorb it and realize this is somebody who's like, okay, you're really going for it. This is tough. Okay, fine. But you know what? Because of you, Lord, I can take it. Because I know that if I add to this in any way, it's just going to make it worse. And then what I can do is I can roll all of my concerns over onto the Lord and give things to Him and unburden myself with the Lord. And then you've done something good. How would you like it if there was like a person that knocked on your door every morning? Hey, I'm here to take out your trash. Do you have any dishes you need done? Is there some dog poop in your backyard? You'd love that person, right? Well, sometimes people, you, you, you need somebody that just unloads and you're like, okay, I can take out your trash. I'm good. Why? Because God's mission is so much more exciting and good than just getting involved in it. Let's get into it. Right? Forget about it. You got to forget about it because it doesn't work. Evil doesn't stop evil. Anger doesn't stop anger. Why? Because we're called to give, leave the big stuff to God. Look at me at verse 19 of Romans 12. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. I will repay, says the Lord. It says, don't take revenge. Why? Because personal revenge never works. It works in all the movies that we like to see. Guy, lone person driving along. Someone comes along and does something terrible to his family. He's beaten almost in, in unrecognizable, thrown into a pit, and then sent off somewhere. And eventually he's thinking of what he's going to do to those people over the years. And we just love movies like that. 
right? Tell the truth. Come on. They wouldn't put a hundred of these out every year if people didn't love it. It's like, yeah, get them. Revenge. We want to see that guy's arm explode. Is this the arm that you did use to beat my... Yeah. Revenge. It may be really acceptable and inviting and satisfying to our baser nature, but it has nothing to do with God's. Because anger and wrath and hatred are weaknesses, weaknesses in human beings. Weaknesses. Now, I'm not saying that God didn't make some people strong to protect those who are weak. I'm not saying that you should let you shouldn't defend people who are helpless, who need your help. That's honorable. I'm talking about wrath and anger and hatred and evil. It's okay for us to stand against evil. It's okay for, like, people were marching in, in uh, the Capitol this, this week about uh, children's right to live. And I think we should do that. You should stand up for those who are weak. You should be honorable in that way. But you shouldn't run around calling people, you're murderers. You shouldn't shake a finger at anybody. I do every Sunday morning. It's just at the sound guy in the back. Okay. But the, the point being is, is that you can do honorable things for God. You can defend people. You can act nobly. But it's the attitude that says, okay, God, you're around. You want me to do it this way. And if I do it this way, I'm furthering your mission in this world. That's, that's the crazy part where we forget how much good we can do on a daily basis, how much greater we can do on a daily basis if we just pay attention to the details. All right? <clears throat> when someone says, I'm angry, depending upon your relationship, or you may hear a speaker or someone on the television say, well, I'm angry, and I have a right to be angry. Whenever I hear that, my mind just starts to fade out. If you want to get my attention, anger will not. It will turn off the attention, and the volume will go very low. Because I don't really care to hear what an angry person has to say. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. You're just more interested in being angry. Okay, go be angry. Go do your thing. Um, but I'm not really going to take it very seriously. That's just me personally. Um, it's because I am one of those angry people. <laughs> I'm one of those guys who grew up with a temper had a chip on my shoulder. I mean, it was a huge chip. You could see it from a satellite in space. <laughs> my head, as big as it is, it made it look small. And I had a hot temper, and I felt like I had to defend myself against everybody in the world. And all I could think of when I got mad is, focus on the nose, Dave. Focus on the nose. That will take them out every time. Even as an adult... I've had to deal with this. God's grace intervening in long lengths of time. But even as a pastor, I have a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. Um, I kind of got froggy with someone last year. That's a Texas term. Where, you know, somebody wants, hey, buddy, you want to get froggy? Let's go outside. You ready to get froggy? Jump. I mean, let's go. 
And my friend told him, he goes, what's up with him? He said, well, he's a redneck. I'm like, he knows me well. That's my friend. There's, there's that baser part of me that if I'm not thinking, if I'm not thinking about God, if, I, if I'm just focused on myself, that, that baser side rises so quickly. And I've, I've, over time, I've gotten better at putting that down and ignoring it and keeping it away. But it's still around. It's still around. Anger, my anger has caused me more grief than any profit I could have ever gained from it. I don't know that it's ever gained me one ounce. It's only uh, embarrassment and asking for repentance. Now, I say all this. When we react in anger and wrath, it's usually a reaction from selfishness or maybe from fear. Sometimes when you're really afraid, you notice you can get pretty angry, right? That fear will fuel that up so you feel like you need to protect yourself. It's very understandable. It's a very strong impulse. But Jesus absorbed sin of the world because he loved the world. You notice that? I'm going to absorb this because I love you. Because you need it. And all of this evil needs to stop somewhere. It's got to stop somewhere, and it's going to stop in me, and I'm going to make a new group of people who will be forgiven for their evil acts because I've absorbed the punishment for that. I mean, think about, you have these these guys who, who care nothing for him. They're mocking him. Can you imagine me, the creator of the universe? You're down there in some Part of your creation's mocking you, spitting on you, whipping you, putting the crown of thorns on you. Hey, you saved others. Gonna save yourself. Come on down. <laughs> Zap. Sorry, Father, I couldn't do it. Let's find another planet. That'd be my story. You know I've got a problem with anger. You know I'm a redneck. I wouldn't put up with that. That's the incredible kind of crazy kind of love that should inspire us that look at how he started to change the world. Look at that. Well, the Roman Empire became Christianized over hundreds of years. How did that happen? Well, we got teams together and we got the precinct committee together. And, uh, you know, we got a caucus over there, and when we finally got that one Caesar out of there, and then we replaced him with another terrible one, and then we got a, that one out of there, and then we replaced him. Folks, there's hardly any talk in here about the power of politics. We're obsessed. We worship it. The only way things are going to change is if we vote for weak Irresponsible people who always let us down. It's going to be different. Why? This one's different. No, they're not. Well, God's on our side. God's on his side. 
And God's trying to call us out to say, the, you know, okay, you got, you got your kingdom down there. You got your whatever it is, okay? And you should be involved. You should be a good, responsible citizen if you're doing things for the good of other people, not just yourself. That's what a good citizen will do, right? You'll, you'll, you'll vote. You will campaign for, for things that you believe are good, not only for yourself, but for your neighbors and other people around you. And that's, that's responsible. That's honorable. But he says, do you know who runs this place? Whose kingdom kind of oversees all of this? It's my kingdom. And you guys keep doing it wrong. In my kingdom, I'm Lord. And I love all. And I'm for all. And I want you to carry that same message with you. Because I am greater than everything. God's greater than a democratic republic. God's greater than a totalitarian state. God is greater than every representative and candidate that we spend billions of dollars on. God is greater right here in Albuquerque, in your little house. God's greater than all of that. In you. Yes, you. That's important. Hatred and anger can stop with us, okay? When we refuse to react, but we give it to God. Verse 19 says, don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Leave room for God's wrath. Stand back and let God be the judge. He is perfect. He will judge righteously every time. And here's the point. Never forget, this is what it's implying here, that never forget that God is there with you in those terrible moments or those seasons of conflict. He sees what's going on. He knows. I'm there. You're my people. You're trying to obey me. You're absorbing this stuff. You're trying not, you're, you're saying it's going to stop with me. It's not going to go beyond me. I'm not going to reflect it back. I'm not going to send it the other way. It's going to stop here with me because of Jesus and what he's done and he's worth it and you're worth it and you're going to see something different and something better. You see that? God says, don't worry about revenge. You'll always do it wrong. You'll always do it wrong. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about judging. It's above your pay grade. You're all very terrible judges. I've seen who you've married. I understand that you guys have bad judgment, both of you. I'm joking. I'm joking. <clears throat> I've seen what kind of cars you drive. Anyway. No, God knows. And he says, let me... Make the perfect judgment. Because God, look, okay, think about this. We look at a person, we said, this person did this and this, and they should pay for their crimes. Okay, good. The law that will satisfy the laws of the land, okay, so be it. We're to observe the laws of the land and fulfill those laws. But to condemn and hate that person and seek to avenge or revenge against them is above our pay grade. Because God knows what kind of household that that person was raised in. God knows all the challenges that that person has had to go through. 
God knows even the deficiencies that person has genetically. God knows everything. God's not some kind of short-minded person waving their finger. God knows it all, and so we can trust him. God, you make the judgment. It's your call. It's your world. It's your thing. All right. Now, he just says, trust in me, obey me, and leave the big stuff to him. Because God is greater, you and I can do greater. All right, do something greater. Chapter 12 of Romans, verse 20 and 21. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. If in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Anyone figure that one out? It's not that easy. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. William Barclay, that great Bible scholar, said it so perfectly. He said, to treat a man with kindness rather than vengeance is the way to move him. Vengeance may break his spirit, okay? But kindness will break his heart. Good line, don't forget that. Vengeance will break his spirit, but kindness will will break his heart. If we are kind to our enemies, as Paul says, Paul, it will heap coals of fire on their head. That means that now that now it will store up further punishment for them, but it will move them to burning shame. To stoop to revenge is to ourselves be conquered by evil rather than conquering evil. Evil can never be conquered by evil. If hatred is met with more hatred, it's only increased. But if it's met with love, an antidote for the poison is found. God's love, God's greatness, God's ways are the antidote to the evil that we face. I'm confused a little bit sometimes. I listen to a lot of podcasts and commentators, and some taters are more common than others. Come on, people. Be aware of your starches. Okay. I'm Irish, I know. But some will say, you know, if the Christians in Germany would have stood up and did all this stuff and they would have fought back and everything, and things would have been completely different. Like you can predict the future, you can't predict the past. What would happen if Christians just really started living like this? Huh? We wouldn't know what to do. It'd be pretty crazy though. It'd be really crazy. We'll never know until we do it. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God is even in this world. Think of how many times his name is used in vain. Think about that. Think about how many times he's blamed for so much. He absorbs it. He takes it. Because he understands there's a fundamental problem of evil within the human race. And Jesus came to eradicate that. I'll finish with a quote from Booker T. Washington. If you know his life, this quote will mean so much more. He said, I will not allow any man to make me lower myself to hating him. I'm not going to allow any man to lower myself to hating him. No. The only real way to destroy an enemy is to make him a friend. The true way to destroy your enemy is to make him a friend. You see, God's ways are greater. You can kill your enemy. Okay. Good job. God makes friends. Jesus has called those around him friends and companions. Paul the Apostle, killing Christians. Jesus made him a friend and a follower. And then he made him get beat up a lot along the way. But that's real work. That's real mission in this world. And if we ever take it seriously, it's going to get crazy. But as long as you're willing to say that I'm angry and I've got a reason to be with the world, well then, it's not going to change. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm speaking to myself. To embrace that fully and completely. Now that's a world changer. Why? Because God and his ways are greater. And because God is greater, you and I can do great. Listen, this morning, if, if you're here and you just say, you know, I'm not right with God. I'm not. It's messed up between the two of us. I, you can just pray right where you are and ask him to forgive you. You can do that anywhere. But you really should be able to do it in a church, right? With people around you who are rooting for you. Just, just, just in the quietness of your heart, where you are right there, just say, look, Lord, I need you. I, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I, and I want to live this new powerful way. I don't want to be hating people. I don't want that wrath in my life. I want, I want that, that power. I want to, I want to be able to, to obey you and make my, my enemies my friends. 
Forgive me my sins, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right. Lord, we come to you and we ask forgiveness for the things that we have done that are against you, that are against your kingdom and your will. And Lord, we, we, we did them and we knew that they weren't right. We pray that you would forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and restore us, Lord. We also come to you and ask for forgiveness of the things that we haven't done, the things that you've told us to do, but we've left them undone. We've been disobedient. And Lord, we pray that you continue to give us a chance to, to obey you and to do those things in this world. For you're worth every bit of effort. And thank you, Lord, that you are greater than all that we face. We praise your name and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. NCCABQ.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.